WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Wednesday, September 7th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, sunny. Hot again today, high 94. Tonight, overnight, partly cloudy, low 76. And then Friday won't be as hot. Partly cloudy afternoon, thunderstorms high 87. If you are walking out the door with us right now, 72 and clear in Spring Valley in Rockland County, 68 and clear in Princeton down in New Jersey. And it is 77 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. It is back to school for New York City students this morning. It is back to school for one of my kids this morning, going back to high school. And um, I'm not at home because, well, I'm sitting here doing the show with you. So I will not be there to enforce whether he gets out of his bed and actually makes it to class, which is apparently a real issue on a daily basis because he hates going to school. And uh, it, I can only say it reminds me of myself because I was the same way. I did not love going to school, but I definitely did not push back as hard as he has. I mean, he really is like, I don't really need this. I think I'll be successful without this. And I think he's right, but I'm like, you still got to do it. So I tried to reason with him before. I went to bed last night saying, hey, you know, just go. So don't give mom a hard time. And you just got to get through these next three years. And then you can decide what you want to do with your life. But uh, you know, you have to graduate high school. So he's a smart kid. I'm not worried about that. I think he'll be very successful in life. And I tried to sort of say, hey, I was a terrible student in high school. All things worked out for me. High school doesn't dictate the rest of your life. But when you're that age, you don't necessarily believe that. And the last person you believe when they're telling you that is usually your parent. So this morning, I got my fingers crossed. I got my toes crossed. I got everything crossed hoping that at about uh, 7.45 this morning, I'll be looking on my phone, on my find my phone, to see if he's actually left the house and has walked down to the building high school, which is only like about 10 blocks away. It's not a far walk. Let's hope he does. Starts the good year, starts the year off right by actually showing up for class on the first day of school, which, by the way, is usually the best day of the year because you don't really do a whole lot. So we'll see. Uh, lots of other parents feeling the same way. I know this morning I'm not the only one. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. And the big one, of course, here in the city is it is back to school for New York City kids today. COVID cases rise, so do mask mandates. Police catch up again with a man who beat a city senior senseless. Would you give a co-worker a kidney? And the Rolling Stones have a new album. All right, let's get into it. 503, we'll start with the heat and humidity, which is going to hang around for another day. We're going to hit a high of 94 today, which is not a great way, by the way, to start the school year either, since there are a number of buildings that have no AC. Of course, hard to be working outdoors. You don't have to be outside. Go inside, stay inside much as possible. 
watching the U.S. Open yesterday, and, you know, they have this covered stadium now where they can close the ceiling and crank up the A.C., or in the case of a rainstorm, they could play through it because now they can close the ceiling. So lots of people asking yesterday, as these players were out at Arthur Ashe Stadium, why they didn't close the top of the stadium and crank the A.C. for these players who were out on the court because it was so unbelievably hot. It was 92 degrees out, but out on the court, it was like 97 degrees. Uh, Daniel uh, Medvedev, who was one of the players who was playing yesterday, he won, but uh, he actually turned to the cameras during the match yesterday afternoon and said, you know what, someone's going to die out here, and then that's when the U.S. Open will respond to playing during high heat and humidity. One player going to die, and they're going to see yeah, I think he's right. I'm not really sure. Why wouldn't you make the fans happy, too? It's nice if the AC's on for them. Um, the, um, of course, cooling centers, again, will be open across the city. As New Yorkers just deal with this. This is the last day. Tomorrow, it's not going to be as hot, high of 87. As you can tell by the bees coming down my face, it's pretty hot out here. That's the trick. Loose cotton clothing and a hat, and I've lost my hat. Water and juice and showers, cold showers. That's it. In and out, in and out the shower. We had it pretty easy this summer, so if this is the worst of it and we move on, we will be okay. 5.05, New York City officials ready for students to head back to class today. Dealing with a bunch of issues, though. Department of Education Chancellor David Banks says a school bus strike will not impact the first couple days of school, but it could come next week. We're working closely with the bus companies to minimize disruptions. But we want to make parents and families aware that they may, in fact, experience some disruptions and delays to busing on the first day of school. Yeah, I mean, that's always the case, whether there's a threat of a strike or not, as these bus drivers learn their routes when it comes to welcoming migrant kids. 20,000 expected to come from temporary housing who have enrolled in school. They'll be required to start their vaccination series within 30 days of entering the system, which has some parents upset. They say they should have to be vaccinated like other school kids who are showing up today. The DOE will also launch a free virtual mental health program for teens this year. We are following standard protocol, including federal guidance, stating that vaccination cycles must begin within 30 days of enrolling in school. And they say they'll stay on top of it. Um, Of course, the heat and humidity is an issue today for the New York City schools, so many of them don't have AC. Uh, Right now, there are no plans for early dismissal, even though the temperature this afternoon when kids are in class will hit around 94 degrees. Schools will be fine. Our principals, our custodians across the schools, getting the schools fully ready, prepared, Kids will be comfortable and they'll be just fine. And this year you will have to press a buzzer, show an ID to get into many buildings where you were easy. It was easier to walk into last year. That's part of this new security upgrade that took place over the summer. WABC News Time 509, the big story as kids do go back to school here in New York City. Today is over 19,000 children living in temporary shelters, mostly migrants, will be among those walking into city classrooms on the first day of school. Some parents are worried about what that may mean. More kids in school, in classes, is going to be tougher for them to like concentrate. If there's room in schools, that's where we got to put them. It's better than them being on the street. I'm all for that. Schools Chancellor David Banks says there is more than enough room for the migrant students because so many children left the public school system during the pandemic and never came back. Everyone comes from different, you know, countries and 
not enough teachers. Like you have teachers doing almost three things. Hey, we're helping invest in the future of New York City. Something I think everybody should be on board with. Yeah, so there is a teacher shortage here in New York like there is in the rest of the country. Governor Hochul pointing to a report last year that shows one in five New York students attend a school without any teachers of color. So they're trying to change that as well. If a black child has two teachers by the time they're in third grade who look like them, they're 32 percent more likely to go to college. I mean, that's astounding. That's astounding to me. How do you argue with that? So it's not just a policy decision we're making here today. Governor Hochul signing legislation that will give guidance to school districts for developing programs to attract underrepresented candidates into the teaching profession. She's also talking about giving guidance to districts on programs to prevent workplace violence in public schools. It's just not numbers. It's just if we're going to inspire kids, it really helps for them to see someone who looks like them who made it as well. Because to these children, the teachers are success. So... Who's going to teach these migrants, right? It has to be English as a second language. They say there's enough teachers to teach all the migrant kids that are going to show up to class. Here was Governor Hochul talking about that. I think language is going to be a challenge, particularly in the early days. We can't always find someone in the exact language that a student was raised in. We have individuals coming from Mauritania, for example. I don't know that we have many teachers who are proficient in Mauritania. The language spoken in Mauritania. So. Uh, yeah, it's not Mauritania. Mauritania, I think they speak Arabic. I don't think there's a language called Mauritanian. Not that I'm aware of, anyway. We have real challenges. They're coming in from West Africa, South and Central America. So it's not just assuming that Spanish is going to cover everybody. It doesn't come close. Yes, yeah, so I imagine these first couple of days will be rough to navigate with the new kids coming in. But the school system says they're ready for them, and they'll be able to figure it out when all said is done. Out on Long Island... Uh, the first couple of days, a school bus crashing into a North Merrick home yesterday. No kids were on that bus at the time. School bus driver suffered minor injuries. Bus slammed into two parked cars before crashing into a home. That's just what you want to hear when you're about to put your kids on a school bus. I'm really still in shock because it's my house, you know. Thank God there was now no kids. It was just my husband and my dog. Yes, so uh, the bus is owned by Guardian Bus Company. Uh, no word what has happened to that bus driver. Uh, they're okay, but we don't know what was going on with them and why they crashed into those cars in a home yesterday. 512, there was a sighting of escape killer Danello Cavalcante yesterday in Pennsylvania. Team searched the area for hours, but were unable to locate him. Pennsylvania State Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens trying to reassure the residents of Chester County he will be caught. Cavalcante has been on the run for a week after he escaped from the Chester County prison about 25 miles west of Philadelphia. Prison acting warden Howard Holland revealed Cavalcante escaped last Thursday across the prison roof through a razor wire. Now, he was behind bars for a long time. He was about to spend a long time behind bars because he had been convicted of killing his girlfriend, stabbing her something like 36 times in front of their kid. I mean, this was an awful human being. Uh, but uh, the prison, as you might guess, uh, embarrassed by what took place. We continue to use hundreds of state, local, and federal law enforcement officers canines, aviation assets, and various types of technology in an effort to keep the community safe. Cavalcante escaped at the same location as Igor Bolt 
with our cavalcante there was razor wire to contend with before reaching the roof yes yeah, so now we're being told that uh, the person who was watching the prison from a tower uh, might have been negligent additional razor wire had been added to the escape route what was perhaps overlooked was the fact that addressing the single point of physical countermeasure should have been bolstered by additional means. Yeah, so amazing this guy, Cavalcante, still on the loose now a week after he escaped from that jail right outside Philadelphia. 514, federal prosecutors plan to indict Hunter Biden by September 29th on gun charges. The president's son had agreed to a plea agreement that would have spared him jail time for allegedly purchasing a gun as a drug user. The deal had Hunter Biden entering a diversion program, but the agreement fell apart in court in July. That plea deal also included tax evasion charges, but it's unclear where that stands. I'm Brian Shook. 514, let's go down to D.C. The Senate will start moving a package of government funding bills next week. The Kansas Congress is racing to avoid a shutdown at the end of this month. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he expects the first votes on Monday. The top Democrat urged Republicans in the House to follow the Senate's lead and work with Democrats. A group of House conservatives says it would oppose any funding bill that does not include conservative policy priorities on spending levels, the southern border, and the Justice Department. I'm Lisa Taylor. 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Thursday or Friday Eve, I guess is what we, what we call it here. Uh, good morning, Justin Ellis. Happy uh, Friday Eve to you, Noam Alayden. Thank as you. Well. The Yankees, they keep winning in the Bronx, securing their fifth straight victory last night over the Detroit Tigers by a score of 4-3 to three in the second game of a three-game set. Tied at one in the third. The baby bomber, Jason Dominguez, continued to impress uh, with his first Yankee Stadium dinger to put the Yanks ahead. Now it is drilled. That call courtesy of the Yes Network. New York would hold on from there to take the W and will go for six straight wins and a second consecutive series win tonight in the finale with Detroit. First pitch is set for a 7.05 p.m. with Carlos Rodon getting the start against Detroit's Eduardo Rodriguez. As for the Mets, they ended up on the losing side of things in Washington, falling 3-2 to in the finale last night to split the short two-game set. Jacob Young played the hero for Washington in the bottom of the ninth with his walk-off single, as the Mets will see if they can get back in the win column when they welcome uh, the, or when they open up a weekend series, I should say, against the Twins in Minnesota. That'll start tomorrow night. Now to tennis's U.S. Open in Queens, a world number one. Carlos Alcaraz advances through the quarterfinals along with Daniil Medvedev. The two will meet in the semis coming up tomorrow, while American Ben Shelton and Novak Djokovic will meet in the other men's semifinal. As for the women, Coco Gauff meets Carolina Muchova in the semifinals tonight at 7 p.m. before Gaff's fellow American Madison Keys goes against Arena Sabalenka. Why don't they uh, close the uh, roof of the... By the way, excellent pronunciation. Yeah, thank you. Trying Why don't they close the roof of the Arthur Ashe Stadium, which they can do. They built it to, you know, close yeah. the roof in cases it rains. But in the case of 94 degrees, why not close the roof, crank the AC, and so we can see these players at their top level? You know? I thought they did. Did they not? No. Oh, wow. They I... closed it most of the way to shade the stadium, but oh, on, on the court okay. it was so like 97 degrees or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, I heard, I heard you play that Daniil Medvedev cut. That's a big story. He yeah. was, you know, he was basically warning that somebody, somebody's going to die. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much, you know, these are professionals, but there's right. only so much a body can take. Yeah. Well, hopefully it doesn't get to, 
get to that. No, point, yeah. But it did seem. I like... just don't understand. Is there a rule you can't put the air conditioning on? No, I don't no. think. I don't think so. I mean, maybe there's some some sort of guidelines as to when you can and can't open and close the roof. I think it's a long process. So hmm. I think a lot of people go into. The whole, uh, you know, the step-by-step process of opening the roof. and cl- I don't think it's just somebody pushes a button. Oh, it's not. It's okay. not like a convertible. Oh, it isn't. I, I thought it was. Oh, okay. I, I don't know for sure. But, hmm. yeah, I don't think it's like, you know, your, your, your coop outie. I don't, I don't no think so. it's like happy days. Yeah. Hey. You just hit a button in the roof. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, but they knew it was going to be a gazillion degrees, so they could have started closing it in the morning. Yeah. You, yeah. You, no, you know, maybe, okay. you, maybe you should run the I should, open. maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Yanks are, the, or I guess that's the, your U.S. Open rundown. And football season getting underway tonight with Thursday Night Football, you know, featuring the Detroit Lions and Kansas City Chiefs at 8.20 p.m. Eastern time. The Chiefs are currently four-and-a-half-point favorites there. Locally, the Giants get the Cowboys at home on Sunday night. That's three and a half point underdogs. And the Jets kick it off with the Bills on Monday Night Football. That's two and a half point dogs. And that is sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ellick. WABC News Time 520. You probably know somebody that's come down with COVID in the last couple of weeks. It's back in kind of a big way. The new COVID variant becoming prevalent around the world. Not known yet if it causes more severe illness, but symptoms, you know, kind of the same. Runny nose, sore throat, cough, fever, chills, all that fun stuff. That's one we worry about. If you're having any trouble breathing, uh, maybe you found like you're, you're having to use a lot of muscles to breathe or you're finding that you're just not seamlessly breathing like you're used to, definitely head to the uh, urgent care emergency room. Yeah, that's kind of like the direction from before. Those are doctors who are, you know, watching this thing. The rate of pos- uh, positive COVID cases here in the city, not incredibly high, but there are places where there where it is. It's uh, something like 14% in California today. Uh, people... Uh, are taking if they are taking the covid test um they're doing it at home they're not going into uh, doctor's offices for the most part unless they need some medical help and so we really don't know what the total rate is at this point uh, because those tests at home they get thrown in the trash they don't really get reported um but everything we're seeing right now does point to this this rise in cases and president biden testing negative again for covid when he appeared at a news conference on wednesday biden was not wearing a mask despite the white house saying the day before that he would mask up indoors. They keep telling me because this has to be 10 days or something, I got to keep wearing it, but don't tell them I didn't have it on when I walked in. Yeah, it's hard to convince anybody to put the masks on anymore. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says the president tested negative again Wednesday morning, will travel to India today to attend the G20 summit. She says Biden will continue to wear masks indoors, even though he wasn't wearing one yesterday when he's around those international leaders. The president tested negative for COVID-19 this morning. Following negative tests on Monday night and also yesterday, he is not experiencing any symptoms, which, of course, is a good thing. This, of course, all comes after the first lady, his wife, Jill Biden, tested positive for COVID earlier in the week. She's at home in Delaware. The first lady is doing well as well, and she remains in Delaware, which is also a good thing. The CDC guidelines recommend, as I said before, as you all know, a combination of masking, testing, and monitoring for symptoms. The president is doing all that he can, of course, in consultation with the with his physician, and so he's keeping uh, keeping with the CDC guide guidelines, as you all know. All right, five twenty-two. An effort underway now to get an American who's been trapped inside a cave in southern Turkey out. Rescuers received a call Saturday saying that Mark Dickey was suffering from gastrointestinal bleeding and needed help. He's said to be inside the cave at a campsite more than 3,000 feet from the entrance. 
While Dickey's condition is stabilizing, he needs a stretcher to be removed. Officials are calling the effort one of the largest cave rescues in the world. Dickey had been helping to lead an international expedition in the cave. I'm Mark Mayfield. 523, let's bring it back home. The first televised hearing in former President Trump's election interference case in Georgia has wrapped up. Fulton County Judge Scott McAfee denied one of Trump's co-defendants, a lawyer, a motion to sever his case. I'll deny Mr. Chesbrough's motion to sever from Ms. Powell. I'll deny in part. The plan will be to enter a scheduling order for Ms. Powell mirroring that of Mr. Chesbrough. With the October 23rd date holding. A lot of legal mumbo-jumbo. However, McAfee says he will later decide whether to sever the case of the other defendant, Sidney Powell. Powell pled not guilty to racketeering. They are just uh, two of Trump's 19 co-defendants in the case. Prosecutors revealed yesterday a joint trial for all 19 defendants would take uh, place in about four months. The state is still sticking to the position that all these defendants should remain, and they want to address some of these removal issues. I'm willing to hear that. I, I remain very skeptical. I'm, I'm willing to hear what you have to say on it. Right. So I said take place in about four months. What I meant to say is it would take about four months for the trial of those 19 defendants uh, to take place. Of course, we'll follow the story out of Georgia. 524, former President Trump facing more legal issues with a woman who claims he raped her decades ago. Wednesday, a federal judge ruled he defamed writer E. Jean Carroll when he made comments about her while he was president. A trial will be held early next year to determine damages. Trump is already appealing an earlier decision where he was ordered to pay $5 million in a separate case involving similar allegations. I'm Troy Thomas. 525 federal agents are still arresting people from the January 6th riot. The U.S. attorney says 28-year-old Benjamin Schuler of Grove City has been arrested in Lancaster. He's charged with both misdemeanor and felony counts for allegedly pushing an officer and his riot shield multiple times at the Capitol in what's described as violent shoving. More than 1,100 suspects have been arrested so far after January 6th, 53 in Ohio. I'm Jack Crumley. All right, so what's going on with uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell? He had those two moments where he froze up during press conferences, one of them back in his home state in Kentucky, uh, the other taking place over the summer at the U.S. Capitol. So yesterday, he was out before the camera, says he has no plans to retire amid concerns over his health. I'm going to finish my term as leader, and I'm going to finish my Senate term. Yeah, so uh, is he going to run again? We don't know. McConnell suffered a concussion back in March, and they say it's all part of this. Uh, he wanted to talk about Ukraine, but, of course, reporters wanted to talk about his health. Uh, he says he's calling for more U.S. support for Ukraine in its war with Russia. It means investing directly in American strength, both military and economic. And our colleagues will have the opportunity to do all of these when we pass the supplemental appropriation. All right, so he sounded okay yesterday. Helping Ukraine retake its territory means weakening one of America's biggest strategic adversaries without firing a shot. With Russia and China's friendship without limits and Putin's embrace of Iran and North Korea, is not the time for America to step back. Of course, back in Kentucky, if he's on the ballot, will he win again? Who will they run against him? That's all up in the air. 526, Atlanta-based Delta Airlines hiring Tom Brady.
The seven-time Super Bowl champion will serve as a strategic advisor for the carrier. According to Delta officials, Brady's teamwork, performance, and perseverance are the driving factors behind his new role. He'll advise the carrier on training and teamwork tools for employees, along with providing help with marketing and customer engagement. Brady says he's flown on the airline countless times over his career, even celebrating Super Bowl wins on Delta planes. No word on when Brady Brady starts his new gig or how much he will be paid. I'm Liz Kennedy. Weekly jobless claims expected to show a slight increase when the numbers are released at about 830 this morning. Most analysts are expecting the Labor Department to report receiving 230,000 first time claims for unemployment benefits last week, up from 228,000 in the week prior. Again, that report comes out at 830. That is the opening bell rings this morning after a down day Wall Street yesterday. The downturn came amid recent reports that have suggested the Fed will most likely raise interest rates again next month, in, or I should say two months from now, November. At the closing bell, the Dow fell 198 points. S&P 500 lost 31. The Nasdaq dropped 148. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Wednesday, September 7th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunny and hot again today. The high going to be 94. Tonight, overnight, partly cloudy, low. 76 and a little bit better on Friday. Partly cloudy afternoon thunderstorms likely high 87 if you're walking out the door with us right now. So happy you are. 72 in clear in Spring Valley out in Rockland County. 68 in clear in Princeton down in New Jersey. And it is 77 and clear outside our Midtown studios here in Manhattan. We'll start this half hour with the FDNY as we get close to the 22nd anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. The FDNY unveiling the 43 names it added to the World Trade Center Memorial Wall. All these years later, still adding names. So tragic. The members died of illnesses related to their rescue and recovery efforts at Ground Zero after 9-11. These 43 individuals possessed bravery and dedication. They honored their oath. And they embodied what it means to be a member of the FDNY. Chief of Department there, John Hodgkin, says this is the second largest group of names added to the wall since it was created back in 2011 when 55 names were added. Officials say the number of firefighters lost to 9-11 related illnesses more than two decades later is almost as many as the 343 firefighters who died on 9-11. It's just, it's just heartbreaking. We remember the promises we made to never forget, and we offered that vow to the 43 families gathered here. We are here for you today, and we are here for you always. Mayor Adams also taking part in this ceremony yesterday. There's nothing we can say to replace the pain that they sustained and experienced throughout the years as we move further and further away from the September 11th attacks. I mean, it is just crazy, right? I mean, crazy. 43 names added to that wall yesterday, and here we are 22 years later, all cancers tied to those people who were heroes in those days and weeks after the 9-11 attacks, working on that pile down 
at Ground Zero. Really just heartbreaking. Police arresting a man allegedly seen on video beating a 60-year-old woman with a cane and a belt inside a Manhattan subway station. This took place a week ago, and we don't have all the details of this story, but this is what we do know, is there was a token clerk in this subway station at 116th Street and Lenox Avenue last Friday morning, early in the morning, and she saw this, or he, we don't know which, saw this attack taking place, called 911, also took video of the attack. And for some reason, when police got there, and they got there when the attacker was still there, he was beating this woman with her own cane and a belt. She was on the ground. He was standing there. For whatever reason, they didn't arrest him. And uh, they claimed at the time that they were telling conflicting stories, the woman and the man, about what had actually taken place. But they didn't take him into custody. Now they found him again, and he is in custody. But now there's going to be an investigation by the Internal Affairs Bureau. Was, why didn't police arrest this creep? Uh, we know his name now, 43-year-old Norton Blake, at that moment when they found him in the subway station. The IB is examining actively um, what was the role of the police officers uh, that responded, as well as the supervisors that responded. There's currently uh, an active investigation that... The MTA chair, Jano Lieber, uh, has the same question as well. Why wasn't this creep arrested? The NYPD was notified immediately, and they arrived on the scene promptly. What happened after that is uh, is obviously under discussion, but that station agent did exactly what we want. Yeah, so uh, investigation ongoing. Of course, when details come in about that, we'll pass them on to you. 536, Mayor Adams also weighing in on the circumstances around the man who died after a sergeant tossed a cooler at him as he raced away from the scene on a moped. Uh, My heart goes out to the family. Uh, A terrible incident uh, that took place, and that is not in our patrol guard procedures to throw a cooler um, uh, at someone that is fleeing. Yeah, he crashed and died. The family of Eric Dupree meeting with the New York State Attorney General yesterday. Family members calling for murder charges for Sergeant Eric Duran, who has been suspended without pay. Last month, Dupree was running away on a scooter after police say he was caught selling drugs. That's when apparently the sergeant threw a cooler at him, trying to stop him, causing him to fall, hit his head. He later died. WABC News Time 539. Let's keep it here in the city. The NYPD launching a collaborative approach to combat a 19% increase in car thefts across the city so far this year. NYPD Commissioner Ed Caban says each NYPD precinct will now have one patrol car equipped with license plate readers that are dedicated to tracking down these stolen vehicles. Officers assigned to this new GLA role will be given specialized training in both tactics and the law allowing them to become experts in this field over time. City will also team up with car dealers and DMVs to educate car owners. Officials, this being the police, blaming the increase on social media, a TikTok trend that shows people how to steal Kias and Hyundais, and those are the cars, for the most part, that are being ripped off. Caban says nearly half of the vehicles stolen in the city have been taken from the Bronx in northern Queens. There are some who think they can just steal a car in the city and get away with it. Well, 
they are sadly mistaken. And we'll see if this uh, all works out, shakes out, but that 19% increase awfully high. 540, a vigil held last night here in Manhattan by nurses on the front line of New York's battle with mental illness outside Gracie Square Hospital, a psychiatric hospital on the Upper East Side. Nurses last night threatening to walk off. Uh, this is what nurses have been complaining about across well, America, for this matter, but those strikes out in New Jersey and here in the city. It's all about nursing shortages and having to work too many hours. And, of course, pay is usually part of it as well. But these nurses last night say they have too many patients to care for, and they say that's not a good thing. A lot of people won't be won't deal with psych patients, even in regular hospitals. It's about the safety of the patients. It's about our safety. We need a better contract so that we can better take care of them. Nurses have been working without a contract there since May. They're voting last night whether or not to authorize a strike. They're looking for more pay, but also more staff. Any given nurse can have more than 10 patients at once, but state guidelines suggest these uh, hospitals should only be six to one. So this is part of the issue that the reason they're going to walk out if they don't get what they need. We are so far over the amount that's safe and all the management, in my opinion, is doing is pushing how like wonderful like and how great we are and and thanks for all you do here's another fleece jacket here's another umbrella you know give us people the hospital is affiliated with the new york presbyterian which released a statement last night to us saying that they continue to bargain in good faith with union leadership to reach a new contract and they remain hopeful that they'll come up with a fair agreement that all sides will agree to 542 a big shooting in Bedsty yesterday. Four people injured, several others taken into custody after a shooting yesterday afternoon. This was about 3.40 in the afternoon. Marcus Garvey Boulevard in Bedsty. Police say a car pulls up on Marcus Garvey Boulevard. Three men get out and they start shooting at three men on the street. They were coming from that way, but it was a lot of traffic on, 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 on the left side, right? So they took this way and they hit me. Because they hit me, they hit the car over there too. Yeah, there was a lot of eyewitnesses. The three men, 21, 25, 34, all shot. A woman who was an innocent bystander, she was grazed in the shoulder. She was treated at the scene. But the three men who were hit by bullets taken to Kings County Hospital 2 in critical condition this morning. The gunman then retreated back into the Hyundai and fled the scene. It was at this time that our public safety officers who were patrolling in the area, heard the shots fired, and observed the fleeing vehicle. So they've caught up with three of the people that were in this car that shot at those three men, but a fourth still on the loose. Be careful, because you could be walking, and tomorrow you don't know what could happen to you. It really breaks your heart. Um, If you are not feeling what's happening in our community, uh, then you must not be human. 543, let's go out to Long Island. A mom arrested Valley Stream after she left her two kids in a car. And this is during this heat wave. The incident reported in a parking lot at the Green Acres Mall about 420 in the afternoon. A witness called for help after seeing two young kids alone in this car. Officers raced to the scene. They find a one-year-old and a three-year-old inside this car. It was actually unlocked, and the vehicle had the engine running, but for some reason, the heat was on. All the windows were rolled up. Somehow, in the process, the children turned on the heat in the car. So the heat was actually going in the vehicle when the police officers got there, not the air conditioner.
All right, so a bunch of stuff happening here. Was the heat left on by the mom? Don't know. Why did she leave her kids in the car for 45 minutes and meet a heat wave? We don't know that either. Both children taken to a local hospital for evaluation. The good news is they're going to be okay. Cops caught up with the mom. She's a 25-year-old who's from St. Albans, Queen. She's a nurse, actually. That's her day job. She left the kids in Green Acres Mall shopping uh, parking lot, allegedly, and then walked into Macy's to go shopping for 45 minutes. You're not distracted leaving a three-year-old and a one-year-old in a car. They, she just abandoned them for the purpose of whatever reason to go shopping in that mall. Prosecutors say both kids dehydrated, disoriented after being left in that car for 45 minutes with the heat on. I mean, it just doesn't get any more awful. Shoppers question how a mom could do this to her kids. Because they get roasted. You don't want to get roasted in a 100-degree weather in a car. I'm all the way 24 hours just looking. Where's my daughter? We go to the store right now. We never let her alone. 45 minutes are a very long time. It is. The two kids placed into the custody of a family member for now. 545, let's head over to the 77 WEBC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noah Malayden. The Yankees, they keep winning in the Bronx, securing their fifth straight victory last night over the Detroit Tigers. By score four to three in the second game of a three-game set, tied at one in the third. The baby bomber Jason Dominguez continued to impress with his first Yankee Stadium dinger to put the Yanks ahead. Now it is drilled deep to right That call courtesy of the Yes Network. New York would hold on from there to take the W and will go for six straight wins and a second consecutive series win tonight in the finale with Detroit. First pitch is set for 7.05 p.m. with Carlos Rodon getting a start against Detroit's Eduardo Eduardo uh, Rodriguez, I should say. As for the Mets, they ended up on the losing side of things in Washington, falling 3-2 in the finale last night to split the short two-game set. Jacob Young played the hero for Washington in the bottom of the ninth with his walk-off single as the Mets will see if they can... Get back in the win call when they open up a weekend series against the Twins in Minnesota starting tomorrow night. Now to tennis's U.S. Open in Queens. World number one Carlos Alcaraz advances through the quarterfinals along with Daniil Medvedev who survived the heat. The two will meet in the semis coming up tomorrow while American Ben Shelton and Novak Djokovic will meet in the other men's semifinal. As for the women, Coco Gauff meets Carolina Muchova in the semifinals tonight at 7 p.m. before Gauff's Fellow American Madison Keys goes against Arena Sabalenka in the remaining uh, semifinal. And football season, no, that gets underway tonight. Thank God. No, I mean, my goodness. How long have we been waiting for this? I'll be sitting on my couch for uh, the foreseeable future. So that starts tonight, Thursday night football, featuring the Detroit Lions and Kansas City Chiefs at 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time. The Chiefs currently four-and-a-half-point favorites there. It doesn't look like Travis Kelsey will play tonight with that knee uh, injury. Locally, the Giants get the Cowboys at home on Sunday night as three-and-a-half-point underdogs, and the Jets kick it off with the Bills on Monday Night Football as two-and-a-half-point dogs there. Here with sports on 77 WABC, I'm Justin Ellick. Let's get you up on the big stories of the morning. New York City says they're ready for students to head back to class today. There are some issues. A bus strike could take place. Department of Education Chancellor David Banks says that school bus strike, if it does happen, won't happen during the first two days of classes today and tomorrow. So we're working closely with the bus companies to minimize disruptions. But we want to make parents and families aware that they may, in fact, experience some disruptions and delays to busing on the first day of school. Yeah, that kind of happens whether there's a threat of a bus strike or not. The other big issue, city schools, some 20,000 migrant kids expected to show up to class. We are following standard protocol. 
including federal guidance stating that vaccination cycles must begin within 30 days of enrolling in school. Of course, they don't know how many of these kids have their vaccinations, but they are giving them that 30-day window to get them. To support our English language learners, we have over 3,400 English as a New Language licensed teachers, ENL for short, and more than 1,700 certified bilingual teachers who are fluent in Spanish. And despite the fact that it's going to be awfully hot today, 94 degrees, no early dismissal for kids. Schools will be fine. Our principals, our custodians across the schools, getting the schools fully ready, prepared. Kids will be comfortable, and they'll be just fine. And as they always do every day, first day of a class, parents have lots of questions. A lot of them have to do with the migrants' kids who will be showing up for school today. They're worried about what this will all mean for their kids. More kids in school, in classes, is going to be tougher for them to, like, concentrate. If there's room in schools, that's where we got to put them. It's better than them being on the street. I'm all for that. School Chancellor David Banks says there's more than enough room for the migrant students because he says so many kids left the public school system during the pandemic and didn't come back. Everyone comes from different, you know, countries and not enough teachers. Like you have teachers doing almost three things. Hey, we're helping invest in the future of New York City, something I think everybody should be on board with. And it's not just back to school for kids in New York City, for New Jersey, Connecticut, Westchester, Long Island as well. In Ridgewood, New Jersey, they're getting to sleep in a little bit more this year. They're starting school at 8.20 a.m. this year instead of 7.45. And you might guess parents and kids, for the most part, like that idea. It makes an enormous difference in their ability to learn. It makes an enormous difference in their mental health. That's what teachers and pediatricians say. The later start is better for teens. It gives them an extra, was that, 35 minutes of shut-eye? It will have a tremendous impact on, on students' well-being at Ridgewood High School. Yeah, I don't know about that, if the kids will just stay up later. Here's Ava, who attends Ridgewood High. She's excited about the later start time. I feel more inclined to participate in class because I feel like I'm, I'm more alert. Hmm, okay, we'll have to wait and see if there's something to that. Did you see Bruce Springsteen E Street Band have postponed all the September performances beginning with Thursday's show uh, here in New York? Springsteen's being treated for symptoms of a peptic ulcer disease, and his medical advisors have urged him to postpone his shows this month. Don't know whether they'll be made up or when they'll be made up, but I imagine he'll post that on his website. The Rolling Stones, uh, they're back. Uh, first album in nearly 20 years, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Ronnie Wood, announcing the album. It's called Hackney Diamonds. It'll come out on October 20th, and they say they're pretty happy with the results. We're pleased with it, so I'll drink to that. And we hope you all like it. Yeah, so yeah. it's the first studio album since 2005's A Bigger Bang. The first single off the album is a song called Angry. Why you? So uh, there's no doubt that that's the Rolling Stones. Sounds pretty good, right? The um, video for this, you know, they're they're still rock and rollers. And the video has this woman who's essentially half naked. It's the Euphoria actress, uh, Sydney Sweeney. She's in the video for that song for Angry, which they uh, sent out uh, that video yesterday. I guess it was on YouTube. You can find it. There were some frightening moments for a Bergen County teenager yesterday. 
Two people broke into his home. The incident has put the Glen Rock neighborhood he lives in on edge. The teenager is okay, but he came face to face with two masked intruders. This happened about 1.30 in the afternoon. Two people broke into the home from a back kitchen window. The teen was upstairs, came downstairs, and then came face to face with these two crooks. They took off uh, through a side door, but neighbors, as you might guess, freaked out by this. Safety in this community is never really a concern. Uh, I I guess now this is something new we have to consider. I've been here a long time, and... (laughs) We haven't really had any issues like this. Those so. neighbors talking to News 12. The teenager described the two men, two police, one wearing a white hoodie and red pants, the other a black hoodie with black pants. Both were wearing masks. I mean, we lock the door, we keep the lights on, but even the other night there was a there was a black car here, came down the street with no lights on, just stopped there. So maybe they were casing the police. I don't know. It must have been frightening for that. Teenager police asking neighbors with doorbell cameras to share the footage with them. So far, they haven't made any arrests. Okay, would you give a co-worker your kidney if they needed one? I'm trying to think if there's anybody here I'd give my Lou, I'd give Lou, I'd give you my kidney if you needed yeah. one. Do you need a kidney? I knew it. I'm going to keep mine, though. No, thanks. Okay, no, you wouldn't give me yours? Of course I would. Oh, okay. Yes. All I right. don't think there's many other people here, though. <laughs> I think it would just be you. Only you. If nobody, anybody else would ask me for a kidney, I'm saying no way. Hey, how come Lou got one? What the? <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have two? I think you do. A Monmouth County school teacher back in the classroom after her coworker stepped in, donated a kidney to save her life. Uh, News 12 called up with this teacher, Lauren Krupe and Mike Damian, while they were getting ready to end the school year last year when they were going to have this operation. He was giving his kidney to her. They teach at St. Leo the Great, St. Leo, St. Leo School, I think is what it's called. And uh, so over the summer, Mike gave his kidney to his co-teacher, Lauren, which... <laughs> Doesn't get any bigger than that. Well, the community here has been incredible. Um, everyone really sent us out on such a positive, uplifting note, which made it feel like it just sent us with all the positive vibes and um, good faith to go into our surgery. Yeah, so everything went well over the summer. Mike said it was never a second thought to give his kidney to Lauren when he found out that he was a match. I lost my mom when I was very young to cancer, um, and I teach Lauren's children, and my first thought was these kids need their mom. Yeah, all right, so I can understand that. Uh, both of them now lifelong friends, as you might guess. Once we found that out, I knew Mike had offered, and he was on the list next. I said, do you still want to? And he said, absolutely. Now my friend is healthy and, you know, healthier than I think I've ever seen her. Um, and then she's, you know, be able to, you know, be around for her kids, and she's able to be around for her students and be the wonderful teacher that she is. Yeah, what a nice story.